Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. It's great to be with you, Dr. Paul. Very good. Uh, you know, uh, we had our president out talking again. Uh, it, you know, things are different now that he's the president. When he was running for president, he, he was not seen very much. But he gives more talks, and they're all spontaneous, and they're all, no, I mean, they are all prepared for him, and sometimes <laughs> he struggles with them. But otherwise, uh, he, he, he gets by. But he's been giving more speeches on, because he's uh, visiting G20 right now, and uh, they're trying to kick uh, Russia out today, and, and think that he should, they shouldn't belong. And, you know, uh, real good, great diplomats, uh, you know, the world has going to come to an end on all the problems. It used to be COVID. COVID's over and done with. Everybody knows that. Mm -hmm. But now it's, uh, it's Putin. We got to get rid of Putin. And uh, that's why 99% of the regular media is pounding on him and get rid of him. And even we have a congressman advising what is really necessary is to go out and assassinate him. So uh, it's, it's getting, getting pretty nasty, but that's what you should expect when a country is morally and financially bankrupt and uh, everybody's involved and nobody's admitting the truth because they still say the solution to what's happening today is the people need more money and then they could pay their bills and everybody would be happy. But uh, there's something that has come up that started actually before, even before COVID, prices started going up and there started to be some shortages. But the shortages have uh, grown tremendously uh, in the last several months. It has to do with, uh, you know, a lot of things, sanctions, uh, the wars that are going on, uh, the collapse of the uh, banking system uh, due to the Federal Reserve policy and the uh, crunch is on its way. It is starting and prices are high because they print too much money and they won't recognize that. They had to find, you know, other excuses. But Biden was asking the other day, and the subject came up about food shortages. And, you know, uh, I would think even in his situation, it might have been just wisely, yeah, it could, could happen, but we can do something. And if we do the right things, we can help out. And there, there is a solution to it. Uh, that wasn't it. Uh, he sort of was pretty blunt. He says, uh, it says food shortages are going to be real. It's a real story. He, People better be prepared. Sacrifice your liberty because we have to help the world. We have to take care of the people in Ukraine. Prepare. So uh, he, he, he was rather, rather blunt on that. But, uh, I, you know, in a way, uh, there was a little attention paid to that. But for the most part, people don't say, oh, what, what did he say? You know, uh, uh, we didn't know he was this bad, you know, this sort of thing. But he... Uh, uh, he, he just says that's the price of uh, being against Russia, and that's the most sacred thing, the most dedicated, uh, patriotic thing that the American people can do is being anti-Putin and anti-Russia. Uh, and, you know, to me, um, you know, even during World War II, after they had Solon for all these years, he murdered millions of people, uh, we became allies with them. I think it's so ironic. You know how we align ourselves in World War II uh, with uh, with uh, uh, Stalin. At the same time, look at what we're doing with somebody that, so, whose approach has to be acknowledged. It is somewhat different than Stalin. 
but they're still painting him like Stalin because they, they need a war going on. The war in COVID is dying down and uh, they have to do it. So, so there's this battle going on between, uh, really, it's a battle that uh, people have to recognize. It's a battle between NATO and the West, including the United States, against Russia. And uh, they've done, the uh, demagogues and the media have, have done a pretty fantastic job from their viewpoint of stirring up trouble and hate and targeting Russia. And so far, I don't see, how, you know, COVID, we knew that would come to an end. This, we should be more concerned that it's going to get worse. Chris? Yes, Dr. Paul. And as Biden pointed out, food shortages, you know, they are probably coming. And he, uh, this is completely due to government intervention. This isn't a uh, act of God. It's totally unnecessary. And Biden even states, you know, flat out because of the sanctions, you know, uh, well, thanks a lot. Uh, it's you're for involving, they're involving themselves in a fight that has nothing to do with us. And Dr. Paul and Daniel have gone over that every single day. This is not in the U.S. interest whatsoever. And they're supposedly punishing Russia, but they're punishing us. You know, first with skyrocketing gas prices and now food shortages. You know, for most people, for most Americans, what the empire does out there uh, stays out there. They have 800 bases. They do God knows what out uh, out in the world. You know, they they shelter us from information, uh, and but they get away with it largely because of bread and circuses, as the Romans used to call them. You know, we have lots of food here and lots of entertainment. So what goes on outside of the United States, you know, we're told that it's all for the good. But when you take away the bread now from uh, from the bread and circuses, not having enough food, that is something different for Americans. We are not used to that. Uh, And people, when they are hungry, they get angry. And when they are hungry and they're angry, they act differently than when their stomachs are full. Is this what Americans want to move into? Is this the type of lifestyle? I surely don't want to live like that. Uh, Is this the appropriate foreign policy for our country? You know, it wasn't always this way. America's foreign policy was the exact opposite, in fact, when our country was founded. We minded our own business. You know, we took care of our country. We would be wise to revisit that uh, foreign policy that actually served us instead of, you know, uh, these ventures that have nothing to do with us. You know, uh, you bring in this up uh, about the stomachs being empty. It reminds me of a thing that I pushed. I think it was back when Goldwater was running and they were saying, uh, where do you do vote from your heart or vote from your brain? And that was a big, big contest, which way? And I thought, no. People vote from their stomach, <laughs> and uh, I think you made that point, and that is true. You know, if uh, you you would think homelessness would wake up more people, but uh, everything they do about homelessness, they make it worse. But when it comes to uh, you know these problems, uh, they just say more and more. And, and you mentioned it, Chris. The the big thing, the big issue, is the confidence and belief in the promotion of central uh, ec- economic planning, and that has been been going on, and that is what's uh, made it worse. You know, I've so often mentioned uh, August 15th, 1971 as a day that uh, I, I really woke up in the sense of, you know, the Austrian economists were right. Uh, you know, uh, the monetary system was very, very important. 
And on that date, when the gold, Nixon closed the gold window and a lot more regulations and uh, wage and price controls and, uh, and all this, and uh, also import taxes, it was dev a devastation. But the one thing that I noticed, the next day, within just a day or two, the total wage and price controls caused shortages because everybody had products and they were going to sell at a certain price, but uh, they couldn't replace those products, uh, you know, because the people sell them to them, the prices were fixed. We have a lot of controls and regulations and sanctions, but they're miscellaneous. Back then, it was all conclusive, all inclusive. And I thought, well, you know what? We, we just stepped over the line. When does an, an economic system, an economy which is interventionist uh, and central economic planning, a Keynesian approach and inflation, when does it become uh, socialistic? And in my mind, uh, that day or two afterwards, I said, this is what socialism is like. You've eliminated the pricing structure. And of course, we have systematically undermined the pricing structure ever since because we don't have a unit of account and you can't measure anything if you don't have a definition for your unit of account. And, uh, and subsequently, we have been able to, uh, uh, you know, in many ways, get away with uh, economic uh, murder in the sense that we can spend endlessly and print the money and deficits haven't meant that much problem and on and on. But the one thing is uh, what we're seeing, the incrementalism of what I saw in one or two days of shortages, the shortages of really, you know, uh, it's a combination of things now. The real source, of course, is the Fed and the interference and the inflation. But uh, it, it's, it's been the war. It's been because COVID contributed a lot to this. So it's miscellaneous. And uh, that's why I like to think now uh, we have to think uh, more broadly. It's central economic planning in every area with the principal culprit being the Federal Reserve that brought us to this point. Yes, and uh, those who watch us each week will recall that Dr. Paul has, uh, has said that, you know, people are going to be complaining that they don't have enough money, that the government has to give them now more money. And we're starting to see that, that uh, I think in California they're going to start giving people money for gas. And, you know, this is, it's just going to lead to more and bigger problems. You know, when, uh, the Fed drives up the prices by printing money. So if you print more money, it's going to drive up prices even further. And if people complain to their politicians prices are too high, then they'll be like, okay, we'll help you. We'll put on price controls. And that leads to shortages. So it's a vicious cycle of constantly running to the politicians for help. They help and they make everything worse. And, you know, we saw this with COVID. Everything they kept doing kept making everything worse. People kept going back to them. And now, unfortunately, even after COVID, it appears that Americans have not learned the lesson yet. Uh, this whole Russia-Ukraine thing, I mean, they, they jumped to that. It, was, it seemed almost too easy. And they forgot, uh, everything has been forgotten, it seems, with COVID and what they have done. Uh, so Americans have not learned the lesson that they are the problem creators, not the problem solvers. But what happened with this Russia-Ukraine situation? Oh, America is not tough enough. You need to do more. You need to punish. So Americans still believe that government is the solution to problems. They still have it backwards. They still have not learned. And unfortunately, more government intervention is going to create more pain. And uh, Biden is even now saying that you could expect food shortages. 
hopefully someday Americans wake up and realize where the source of our problems is and to stop running to them for solutions. Very, very good. And, and I'm glad you brought up a subject about L.A. because that, that to me is important because they have been able to manage uh, their economy and their system unbelievably better than anybody would anticipate. You know, there was a recall, but, but Newsom came out every bit as strong, if it's not stronger. You know, he's probably going to be reelected. And yet it's probably the worst run state in the country. But there's still there's confidence that uh, they, they can just use all this spending and, and interference. But the thing of it is, the longer it lasts, just like the longer the inflation in the whole country and the world lasts, when the bust really comes, it, you, we're seeing that occurring now, of course, with the shortages and uh, uh, street people living out on the street and food shortages. It's all already started. But in, in California, I think the bubble, uh, you know, in a local area is much worse. So, but it, the uh, debt. The debt that they accumulate and the malinvestment of the things that they do that they wouldn't do if you had to do it with uh, savings. People had to save money and interest rates has, have, would have to be on it. So there's a lot of malinvestment, a lot of debt and a lot of mischief. And so, uh, you know, e- even though they, they seem to be still surviving, they're, they're in for a lot of trouble. And, uh, and I guess if you wanted to count the street people, you might realize that. But their big complaint now is their automobiles. Uh, people, people are paying too much for cars. I think they have the highest cost price and you can get pay five or six dollars a gallon. Well, it's probably going to go to 10 or more at the rate we're going. So eventually that whole thing will come down. But Newsom has a solution. When he talks to his constituents, they say, we don't have enough money. We can't even pay for our gasoline. Oh, no sweat. Uh, I have this plan, and I'm sure uh, the state legislature will pass it. I want to give everybody a debit card that has a car, $400 debit card, so you don't have to uh, pay for your gasoline. Well, that ought to last for about six months or so. And they say, well, what about people if you have two cars? Oh, they get $800. What if people don't get, what if people don't have a car? Oh, what we'll do is we'll give them a debit card so they can pay for public transportation. And that might last a little bit longer than the the gasoline tax. So they they do it without blinking an eye. And... uh, uh, it's uh, it, it, it it to me is amazing. They keep building the bubble, and it it uh, it still is a baffling thing to me to have individuals do this. Grown up individuals that went to college, that studied Keynesian economics, so they know what's going on, and and they just do this. And I think they have to know how dumb this is. But they keep doing this thing over and over again because it's like a religion, just like it was religion to accept the government explanation of COVID. So it's like a religion that you have to accept the Keynesian version of continuous economic centralized planning and that the government always can take care of everything as long as you said. 
except the fact that you have to give it up a little bit of your liberty. That's, that's a minor thing. And uh, also, well, once in a while there'll be some food shortages, but we'll, we'll get by though. And, and don't, get, don't alarm the people that it's a serious problem. We have to do something real about it. But uh, at least they're starting to talk about it, but they're going to talk about it a lot more as time goes on. And when you look at the housing problems, not only in California, but throughout the country, a lot more people are going to wake up. Let's hope so, Dr. Paul. I will finish up. Um, yeah, with the philosophical question at hand, Dr. Paul has used the words several times. It's central economic planning. And there are so many people who believe in it. You know, they, they believe that it's necessary, that that's the way the world works. And it simply does not. It's a fool's errand all the time. It always has been, always will be, to believe that uh, one group of people or one person can run other people's lives. And uh, to put it in a way, instead of thinking of the whole world, let's just imagine a simple neighborhood. Most of us live in neighborhoods. Uh, I live in one. And what if there's a family that uh, decides to become interventionist. They believe themselves to be superior, they are special, they want to run all the other families in the neighborhood, and they get more and more involved in everybody's decisions. Uh, I, this, is, this would be a weird concept if one of my neighbors tried to do this. Uh, the first thing that they would cause is resentment, and there would be a rebellion by all the other neighbors. Uh, the second thing is the interventionist family could not possibly do it. They, there are too many details in our everyday lives to run everything, uh, let, uh, let alone run everyone else's life. And then the next thing is that interventionist family would start to fall apart because as they focus on everybody else in the neighborhood, they can't focus on their own uh, home and what goes on there and everything starts to fall apart. So if you extend this just from a simple neighborhood to nations and the world, it's the same exact principle. It cannot be done. A nation cannot uh, even micromanage its own states, the federal government, uh, if, if it tried to do so. And a national government cannot possibly manage all the other national governments in the world. So it's the same principle taken from the uh, micro to the macro, but people still believe this is, this is how it must be done. And over and over in history, this has all fallen apart. There have been countless empires. The American empire is the next one, it appears, that is falling apart. Uh, we need to go back to running your own personal life, your family life. It's certainly sufficient enough uh, to do instead of trying to run other people's lives. Very well done, said uh, Chris. I want to uh, talk about California again because they're such a textbook uh, example of how disastrous economic planning really is. And Chris made some very good points about central economic planning. But uh, it, it's the housing problems they have in California. Uh, they, they have some of them. They've known it for a while, uh, even uh, back uh, about six years ago, they started subsidizing it to a, in a serious manner. Of course, there's always been some of it. But as the conditions get worse, there's more people living out on the street. And uh, in 2016, there were 28,000 people that were homeless. And they, uh, they, they have now, they're working with an appropriation of $1.2 billion dollars. And I thought, was well, that for the state or how big of it? Oh, that's just for L.A. 
L.A. probably isn't the richest city in the world. Uh, they probably have some debt at the rate they're spending. But anyway, uh, they, they, um, they, they, they now are spending all this money, and uh, they, they proved one thing, the old saying, if you subsidize something, you'll get more of it. So they committed, they subsidized, have this program, $1.2 billion, and they subsidize, subsidize this group of 28,000 people. We need to get them off the streets and give them a home and this this sort of thing, all humanitarian. But uh, as far as I'm personally concerned, I think the real humanitarian system is liberty because that's when the least amount of people have to suffer the consequence of governor, governor, uh, government uh, meddling. But uh, right now, today, that was uh, six years ago, now is, there's over 41,000 people that are homeless. They're spending all this money. So the more they subsidize it, the more they get of it and the deficits expand and it, it just seems like it ne never ends and uh, and yet that the principle is back to this belief, this religious belief that government becomes their god and they can create wealth out of the thin air and they can wave a wand and make it worth something and if there's ever a problem, don't worry about it, deficits don't matter uh, and uh, yeah, so that, yeah, the food, uh, there's going to be scarcities and all, but it won't be that bad and uh, just the government will take care of you. Well, well, less and less so. The government, the people woke up on COVID. They finally decided nature helped, but uh, the people finally got disgusted with all those programs. And uh, guess what? It's becoming a, a non-issue at, at the present time. So th things can change, but I, I wished it were so simple that uh, the problems that we're facing with monetary policy and spending and debt and morality would be solved as easy as the COVID I issue was solved. Uh, because that, uh, what's going on is much bigger, and it's a, a worldwide event. And I, th I think, uh, you know, I talk about the financial bankruptcy and the moral bankruptcy, and they're both very, very important. But, you know, when it, when it boils down uh, to which is worse, I think the moral bankruptcy is the worst because that is what the moral bankruptcy encourages people to be divorced from the principles of the higher law of stealing and taking. And the one thing that people who endorse that system will not accept that when the government takes money from your neighbor and gives it to you, that deserves positive support in the elections. I got to vote for that guy. You know, he he stole it from a neighbor and gave it to me. And, and and this is good. We need we need to sort out. We need fairness and equity. And this this goes on. So that uh, that is what uh, what goes on and the people do it. But if an individual can't do that, why in the world do we allow the government to do it? And it only makes it worse. It enriches the rich. Uh, it, it makes the rich, uh, the, the wealthy, much wealthier. And we've seen that. We have a monetary system that uh, benefits all the special interest groups in Washington. We make it on the short runs that deficits don't matter as long as the money's going to the special interest. And uh, it's lasted a little bit longer than I thought thought it would. I thought uh, I thought there, it, uh, there'd be more inflation last year, not this year. But there's a lot more coming next year. I don't think the last thing that they're going to be embarrassed by, the first thing they should be embarrassed by is the uh, 
position of the Federal Reserve, well, what we need in this country is a 2% inflation rate. We want to destroy the money at a rate of uh, 2%. 2%. And now the, the, the whole thing, they say the, the economy is going to get better if we just print money and not worry about the deficit. And uh, they ought to because uh, it, it can't be fixed the way they're, they're doing it. Uh, and I, but but they accept the idea, this religious belief that you can create uh, create wealth and food and anything you need out of thin air and uh, and not have to pay for it. And that is the whole thing that uh, is start, is coming into fruition right now because the statement has been made and I have repeated it that if you live as an individual way beyond your mean. Eventually, you'll have to pay your bill in the old-fashioned way the bank might ask you to pay your bill off, uh, and you have to pay your debts down. And then there's a recovery period. You have to, you know, cut your spending and get another job. So that, uh, that happens with a country, too. But they can delay it because the first thing a government does when they really want to move to authoritarianism is ab- absolute uh, monopolistic control of the money. That was the first thing that Roosevelt did. Call in the gold. Don't let anybody try to protect themselves and prepare for what is coming. So this is a, this is the this is a problem people have to recognize. Otherwise, we can't solve our problem. I do want to finish up with another statement uh, about the Russian sanctions. Uh, the U.S. What are we going to do? Do you think we've put enough on there? Do you think we've caused enough chaos and world turmoil? Uh, oh no, it's all Russia's fault. All hundred percent. Russia has its problems, believe me. Uh, but uh, this point that I made earlier just is, I, 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 it doesn't make any sense that we became bosom buddies and allies in, uh, uh, with uh, Stalin who killed millions. And now we have somebody compared to that who who's, who's, um, uh, has a system of beliefs it's just a little bit more decent, you know, of, of Stalin. So, but all we do is, is blame and put on more sanctions and, uh, what Biden is admitting here is the sanctions hurt us. They come back to bite us. We have the shortages. Just think of all the baloney going on with uh, the energy policy, everything that this administration in particular, but the Republicans go along with it too, that there's interference. The government does this and that and interfere, and they have central economic planning on all energy. So they, they do that, and they, they never stop. But, uh, you, you know, and on top of all this, all this problems that we created uh so there's a lot of problems now in ukraine and uh we we were on the side of nato and i put the the blame uh, uh the major part of the blame on on uh, on nato uh because i think it's nato that created this monstrosity but we have been part of it we run we we had the money and the control of NATO, so whether it was the Balkans or uh, Syria or whatever, anytime NATO was involved or anytime there was a skirmish, even all the way back to the Korean War, they were involved. So they, then they, they benefit from this. 
But this causes refugees on our friendly nation. So whether it was Vietnam or South Korea or any place for humanitarian reasons, I had the argument thrown at me. Well, you know, I agree with you. We did it. We did it. So that's why we have the moral responsibility of taking care of everybody we injured. So bring them here. Bring them here. So the philosophy is you subsidize the wars and the, and, uh, and the conflicts. Then you subsidize the people coming in. And then if they're homeless, you subsidize the homeless. It is coming to an end, and it's moving rapidly. We ought to prepare for it. And the most important preparation uh, for, for this is understanding how economics work and the importance of personal liberty and property ownership. It's really not that complicated. And so we have an opportunity now to say all this mess we're talking about is explained by the lack of a belief and conviction and understanding of what personal liberty is all about. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.